Mr. Pop. When I win Cat Lotto, I'm buying a primary school. This is Rock and Roll, your weekly shot of sport and music with Kevin Hillier, Brian Mannix, and Mark Fine. Hello and welcome to Ruck and Roll. Uh, we're recording this on May the 4th. And of course, everyone knows May the 4th is international and universal and worldwide and galactic Star Wars Day. So get it? May the 4th. Yes. Yeah. Works well, doesn't it? Uh, so playing the role of R2-D2 in this uh, little May the 4th edition of Rock and Roll is the one and only Brian Mannix. Hello, Brian. <laughs> Sounds like you're stuck in the TARDIS with Doctor Who and you, you're taking water on board. Well, probably am, but um, yeah, if it is May the 4th, then May the 4th be with you exactly. and with everybody. Exactly. Right. The first time I heard someone say that on the radio, I thought that's really, really clever. The 750 millionth time I heard someone say that on the radio, I thought it wasn't too clever. Uh, the man who, I reckon if you're casting Star Wars, this man would be your hand solo. He definitely – he'd be your hand solo. He's got that look about him. His name, of course, under normal circumstances, is Mark Fine. Hello, Mr Fine. My wife sometimes says, go hand solo. But- <laughs> 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 uh, very nice. Very nice indeed. Well, and a- I've, got, I've got a, a bigger challenge for you. Oh, okay, yeah. Well, today's May the 4th. May the 4th be with you. Mm-hmm. That implies that whoever came up with that list. So, if I was C three PO, say that with a list. C three PO. Sounds like Riley Silkborn, the <laughs> Adelaide forward. <laughs> yes, um, I loved Star Wars. Are you a Star Wars fan, Brian? I was. Um, when it first came out, I thought it was wonderful. Mm, but that first film doesn't really hold up much today. All that stuff with Peter Cushing and the, oh, you know, the government and all that sort of stuff, it's pretty boring. Um, and I think it just got worse as they went. I went. And when they brought that little kid in and the fourth one, The Phantom Menace and Jar Jar Bing, they just ruined it. No, it's gone by then. Uh, the first couple, I, I was there, but then I then I was gone after that. What about you, Fine? Were you an aficionado, and have you stayed an aficionado? A rambling collection of prequels and sequels and couldn't care less calls. <laughs> 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 yeah. uh, you know, talk about talk about trying to keep the franchise going. Yeah. In the end, I think that they make movies just for the merchandise. That and I, I was never taken by the whole thing. You know. Everybody has, I think, one science fiction series or, or adventure that they are beholden to. Oh, well, I know yours, Finey. Well, I planted my flag early and I'm going to stick with it, even though it's probably the courtiest and the worst. Yeah, no, but it's also the one that uh, it's still to this day quoted uh, as much as any other one that was ever made. I mean, uh, you know, warning Will Robinson, Will Robinson, warning, warning, all that. People do that all the time. I know you. you. <laughs> you nickel-plated nippy. <laughs> yes, I mean, that, that's, that's classic <laughs> stuff. And I know I, I was – I kind of – I watched Star Trek, but I was never a massive Star Trek fan. There was something about it that never quite gelled with oh, me. I hate it. Oh, you hated yeah, it. I hate it. Which one did you like, Brian? Did you like any of them? Um, I don't know. Um, I used to like Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea, but I doubt I'd like it now. Yep. Um. Star Wars, I liked it first. Uh, Lost in Space, I was a big fan of. And Star Trek, I sort of, yeah, didn't quite get into Star Trek. Yeah. 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 I I, I can say this about Lost in Space. Yes. Are you ready? Mm -hmm. Yes. Dun, 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 dun. Oh, William, you scared me. (laughs) (laughs) Can't you let William go off? Can't you let William go off with Doctor Smith alone? For God's sake! (laughs) (laughs) Robot, you'd be asking Robot to check through his um. Take some footage. <laughs> yes, that's right. Have you got any video footage of what happens on the other yeah. side of the planet? 
Affirmative. Affirmative. <laughs> Speaking of footage, was some rugby player caught having a Wellington boot in the toilet recently? What? Well, that wouldn't be unusual, would it? Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah, I think somebody got caught having a Wellington boot in the uh, cubicle and somebody filmed him. In a, in what, in what, in a public place or in a nightclub yeah. or in a football arena or? Well, I don't know. I heard the quality was not good enough so that it didn't qualify for the Academy Award. Oh, but, right. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I heard um, Laurie and HD talking about it. They reckon that the NOL boss wants to stick a camera in every cubicle in every ground so that they get proper footage of this thing, these things. Oh, <laughs> Seriously, I mean, it's, it's, it's a step up though for the NRL. <laughs> <laughs> You'd rather be caught doing that in the cubicle than doing a bubbler in the. <laughs> <laughs> Funny, you're on fire today. <laughs> a bubbler. Yeah. <laughs> oh goodness me! <laughs> All right, we were going to hear about Fonny's Buxton this week, weren't we? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, well, I but I, 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 I'm not sure that it comes into the science fiction realm. But you know, we yeah, we're going to. Oh, okay, we're, sorry. We're going. We're going to go with it. Right. Okay. But I wanted to make sure we had all the science fiction stuff out of the road first. All right. All right. Well, just before that, I want to do my horse racing report. Oh, hello. Oh, what, oh we've we haven't found another horse with a name that we should be backing, have we? Uh, a name that should be changing. Yeah. This horse. Had its second start yesterday. Where were they racing yesterday? Somewhere in the bush. Kilmore or Kyneton, I think it was yesterday. Somewhere like that. And it won its maiden by six legs. It looked very good. Right. And it's called King Dick. I saw saw that. Not yesterday. I saw it when it it first ran. Um, Correct. Well, when it first ran, so Harry Coffey wrote it yesterday, but he also wrote it at its first start when it ran second. So they were interviewing him after the race. Yeah. And he say it, didn't he? You know what he said? No, what did he say? He was a bit his first up. His <laughs> <laughs> first up. <laughs> well, you'd be wrapped at you'd be wrapped out King Dick underneath you, wouldn't you? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's just so many things you could say. So how do they get away with that one, and yet they knock back stuff like Blackman and and uh, ridiculous names, you know, that they've uh, they've let Richard Cranium through, and obviously now I did notice King Dick, and I thought, how did that get through? Yeah, it, I mean, the, is it the, King Dick or Tim Dick? No, King, King, like King Victor. Ah, oh, King Dick. Yeah. Okay, that's good. Imagine if it became a sire. Oh yeah, terrific. King Dick. <laughs> because, because all the horses have been you know, by ceremonial queen out of King Dick. Yep. Everything you know, or it's the other way around, isn't it? By God Dick out of ceremonial whatever. Terrible. <laughs> well, I reckon there's another I reckon there's another movie out of this. You could have Godzilla versus King Dick. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be all right. Yes. Well be better than Godzilla versus um, the current Gone. one. Yeah. Oh. Rubbish. Yep. All right. Speaking of that, okay. now that now see now we've got we've got ourselves away from science fiction and we've got ourselves into the right realm now to revisit. What, what happens? What happens when it wins by a head? Oh, don't <laughs> stop it! Yeah, it's the only horse they're not allowed to let in the mounting yard. Obviously. <laughs> Yeah, there's, a, there's, a, there's a million things that it's just such a wrong name, but how, and how they got it. And I, my memory is, I looked at the breeding, and there's no, there's nothing in the breeding. Oh, here we go. There's nothing in the breeding that suggested it should have a dick involved in it. What, what were you looking well, for? Hang on, <laughs> a dick. What were you looking for? How can dick not be involved in the breeding? Oh Jesus! Of course, dick's involved in yes, the breeding. Okay. There'd be no breeding without the dick. Oh, thank you very but, much, Doctor Mannix. But I like the way you look for something in the breeding. What were you looking for? <laughs> oh, that makes sense. <laughs> oh, his grandfather was royal erection. <laughs> <laughs> well, that would have made sense to me at least. I can't remember yeah. what it was by or out of, but anyway. 
Welcome back to our, this is our veterinary podcast. Um, Dr. Mannix and Dr. Fine here will take you through it. You know what happens now? We'll get a complaint about being salacious or immature. And you know what? What? <laughs> what does it mean to name the horse? No. <laughs> exactly. And, and that's we're exactly always, right. We're always salacious and immature. What the hell? Correct. <laughs> it reminds me of an episode of Get Smart where they were trying to frame Max for being insane. Yeah. So they send him to a psychiatrist. And you know the Rorschach test, the ink flop test? <laughs> yeah. Well, you look at stuff and and it's not supposed to look like a penis. Yeah. Every 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 single ink blot, he said, that's a man making love to a woman. Yeah. That's a man with a woman. And at the end, the psychiatrist goes to him, Mr. Smart, you've got a real problem. And he goes to the psychiatrist, Hey, fella, you're the one with the dirty picture. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, yes, I do remember that. It's very funny. All right, now let's get to your buck's turn. What happened, Funny? We've 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 uh, titil- yeah. we've titillated the audience enough now with King Dick. Come on, now we need to deliver. Okay, so I reckon you could guess where my buck's turn was held. First of all, Goldfingers. Have a guess. No. At a sporting club. I was going to say the St Kilda Footy Club. Correct. At Moorabbin. Yeah. Uh, so it's 25 years ago, 1996. And, it's, you know, we basically had the run of the ground ourselves. They gave us one of the social club rooms, so we had a room. And as oh. it happened, St Kilda were playing at Waverley that night against Hawthorne in a pre-season game. So all there was in the room was a stage for some reason. A big screen and about 20 blokes all standing around watching the footy. Right. Plenty of alcohol was brought. What could go wrong? Sure. We watched the game. I actually remember St Kilda won it and Jason Trionides kicked a few goals. But that's Jason by the Trionides. point. Trionides, jeez. Yeah. Now, the, the, there was some entertainment paid for and some entertainers came. All right. Uh, but nothing too saucy. You know, I made it very clear to my best man and my closest friend, still Matey Miller, Mark Miller, I said, don't organise anything that's going to get back to Natalie and get me in trouble. Good move. So that was fairly tame. Drinking continued, and it was then suggested, even though we were all inebriated, the entertainment went home, let Go on the let's go on the field and have a kick of footy. We're oh, at Morabbit. Oh God! Oh, <laughs> they brought out they brought out a football. We went out had a kick of footy. Now, recent events amongst our group and our greater group of friends had all aimed at the groom to be being sort of left highly embarrassed at the end of the night. And I can give you an exclusive on this program. Mm-hmm. Yes. As a postscript to a very famous football story. Remember the pig on the MCG? I do. Yeah. Well, I knew the people involved in that. I knew that was going to happen before it happened. Oh. All right. And one of the main architects of that, at his buck night, at the end of the night, you know, they'd got him drunk and they, whatever had happened. I, I wasn't in his close group of friends, but I knew this had happened. They thought because of the pig incident, it'd be very funny to have him stark naked being towed down Church Street, Brighton on Saturday morning in a cage on the back of a ute. Oh, jeez. No. With a pig in the cage. And they pulled it off. Oh, jeez. They did it. Oh, wow. That that happened. (laughs) Oh, that's brilliant. That's very funny. So I had a sense that, you know, that had become a bit of folklore, and I had a sense that I was next cab off the rank. Oh, uh-oh. Oh. They're playing footy by the moonlight, and all of a sudden, the footy becomes secondary to something else. And about four or five blokes, including my best man, Mark Miller, produced an extremely long length of um, 
a chain with thick link oh. and a padlock. Right. And they announced that the night's going to end by me being stripped naked and padlock chained to a goalpost at Moorabbin. Oh, oh, no. Oh, jeez. But the plan is for them to leave me there, start naked, padlock, and, you know, tied up to the goalpost at Moorabbin. As you do. Everybody with photos taken, you know, they brought cameras the days before mobile phones being bring photos. Your, bring, bring your kids along, get a photo with the kid of you <laughs> in the dirt. The new Saints mascot. So there's five, there's five of them holding the chain, maybe holding the bit with the padlock, and me. And I'm pretty pissed but pretty, you know, full of Dutch courage. Yep. And as they're coming towards me, I just said to them, it's a great plan. You've only forgotten one thing. And they go, what's that? And I said, you are the five piss-weakest blokes I know on the planet. You've got as much chance of pulling this off as you do of going out here and picking up a woman. Something along those lines. Yeah. And they go, come on, just surrender. It'll be easier for you. I said, yeah, let's bring it on. Bring it on, boys. <laughs> so maybe holding the chain. The rest of them have circled me. I've run up the chain put my foot on the other end of the chain. And at that point, I used to go to gym quite a bit, so I had a bit of strength behind me. Mm. I had dragged the padlock end of the chain out of Mady's grip, and now I'm holding the chain. Oh. I left you with the chain. A couple of them have run away because I'm lassoing it like I'm a country and western star. <laughs> Mady, full of courage, comes at me, and I've swung it at him. Oh, and no. Cracked him straight across the forehead. Oh, <laughs> he's gone down in a crime heap. They thought I killed him. He's come up, blood pouring from uh, from the top of his eye. Come on, put it down, finally. I said, I'm not finished yet. Oh, another great mate of mine, Greg Nieder. He's got a bit of courage about him. Short bloke comes at me and goes, come on, you're being ridiculous. We've got to get maybe help. But he tried to snatch the chain, and I have kicked him straight between the eggs, you know, straight between oh. the He's gone down in the crying heap. Everybody else has run away. They've had to call an ambulance for Greg. He did not appear at my wedding because he had a testicle lodged in him. I kicked him, I kicked him so hard, he had to have an operation on one of his testicles. Ah, oh. And my best as all photos will attest to, had seven stitches put above his eye. <laughs> he carried on like King Dick. <laughs> I kept the I kept the chain, walked back into the walked back into the function room, poured myself another vodka, and asked a very sheepish what remains of my buck turned bloke, any other bright ideas? Still swinging the chain around. Ah oh. I go, no, 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 we're done. We're done. <laughs> Well, God. <laughs> uh, I've End of night. I've just checked. What a disaster. <laughs> it is, isn't it? Brilliant. Do any of those blokes talk to you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, mate. The best man's still my best mate. We talk every week. Just, but just don't allow you yeah, to have great change. great idea. But, but I just, you know, famous was me saying, only one mistake. You're the five most two-week blokes on the planet. How do you think you're going to pull it off? Oh. Now, this just in, Finey. Uh, it's been yep. deemed... Reckless and intentional oh, contact, yeah. high and low uh, <laughs> impact, and apparently you're getting 35 years. I thought it was 1996, so I was going to get a, a reprimand. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you probably would have been 1996, <laughs> the, way the, uh, the way the tribunal worked those. My God. I mean, I, my, yeah. I, I know about you, Brian. My next party, I just got pissed and fell over and someone threw me somewhere and that was the end of it. I didn't actually, you know, beat the bejesus out of my so-called friends. Ooh. Well, what was the option? Getting strung up naked. Yeah, well. I mean, that, was the, that was the big thing, you know, absolutely embarrassed the buck. But, yep. <laughs> and, you know, nowadays they go, oh, you can't do that, you couldn't do that, you can't do that. Back then, that was just the law of the land. I knew yeah. it was coming, the half expected it. Yes. Yeah. Well, clearly. <laughs> Just if uh, if Finey ever makes uh, any arrangements to do a you know post show party or anything, yeah. Brian, just remember I'm busy. Okay. Yeah, I've 
Yeah, I'm not bringing chain. That's for sure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, B- oh, BYO. Oh. Just make sure it's alcohol and not uh, and not chains. I mean, just to say, come on, go easy on yourself, Finey. Surrender. Oh yeah, I'll take all my clothes off. Just save me up. <laughs> <laughs> you dream. You get dreaming. You're absolutely dreaming. Yep. <laughs> yep, no, not going to happen. Not, not going to happen. Oh, there you go. Oh, boy. Well, it lived, it lived up to its uh, expectation, that story, Finally, I'm, I'm most impressed. It didn't go the way I thought it was going to go. Um, I thought it was going to be, you know, some pissy, slipper thing, but not the violence that it was. Yeah, me too. I was, expect- oh, oh, the, I was expecting the, more romper room than romper stomper. As people said of my buck night, the pay-for entertainment was not the entertainment. <laughs> no. Yeah, no, very good. Now, boys, let's uh, let's, let's go from the uh, the Bucks turn to the footy tips uh, while we've got that uh, Moravan sort of uh, mind uh, set going on. Set. Uh, you want to talk about football, Brian, or not? Yeah. You're happy to talk oh, about it? Yeah, I'm happy to talk about it. Okay. You sure? Yes, I'm sure. Okay. How did we go with the tips? Well, everyone got five, which, which, <laughs> in the scheme of things, is actually not a bad score from what I can gather. Because there's, you know, some of the so-called experts uh, around the place I heard saying that they only got two or three. So, you know, Brian Hawthorne, yeah. Hawthorne got you. The cats got all of us. The cats were the one that got all of us. The cats were robbed. Oh, and I, I'm, I, I agree. I'm sick to death. Like it happens to Essendon every time we go to Sydney. The umpires are just so home-grown team. It's like, you know, there was two free kicks that should have gone in Geelong in the last minute or so, and they were blatant. They didn't. They kicked the ball. It went about 30 yards. They said it wasn't 15. It went 21.9 metres. Yeah. That, that happens every time with the Swans. You go up there, and for some reason, the umpires do a shit job, and it always works in their favour. Um, you know, remember Essendon had the bloke climbing up the pole a couple of years ago? No free kick. Mm. Yeah, I reckon that they they get a really, really, really good go from the umpires, Cindy. Yep. What were your thoughts on the end of that Geelong game, Finey? At the time, I thought fair enough. And, you know, you can measure it out now with the aid of computer enhancement or whatever. Yes, 21.9 metres. Yep. But... When the ball was in the air, as an umpire is supposed to do, he called not 15 play on. Is he supposed to do that while the ball's in the air? Is he supposed to wait till the yep. ball's travelled its full full measure and then go, that didn't go 15, let's pull it back? No, no. When it's in the air, if you believe that it's not 15, if you're not going to pay the mark, you say not 15 play oh, okay. on, allowing the players punch it and take the game going. Okay, well, then I've heard two, at least two commentators, uh, supposed experts, who don't know that that's the rule. Yep, yeah, well, I've bumped by for five or six years. Yep, yep, no, no, I know that. Um, that was his assessment. Yeah, and that's fair enough. Now, as for, uh, by the way, you know, that works pretty well when you're doing C, D grade. wasn't coming that out. ball wasn't not coming out. Yep. So a, a really definitive call would have been acceptable, but I can understand because as the umpire is doing what is instinctive and that is waiting 
to give him that extra chance, the sign went. At which point the game is over. You can't pay a free kick after the sign. So, circumstance in the second one. Unlucky Geelong in the first one. And by the way, had that mark been taken by Cameron, you know what would have happened? What? Well, he would have gone back on the tightest of tight angles and the sign would have would have gone. Yep. Yeah. Which means, which means he couldn't run around. Yep. Yeah. He takes one step off the mark at the end of the game. That would have been an incredibly difficult kick to the SVG. Oh, God, that would have been hard. But he should have been given the opportunity to take yeah. that kick. Yeah, we now realise he should have. But hey, is that, a, that, is that a rule that I've got to look at changing? What's that? The one where the minute you step off the mark, uh, that's that's the end of the game. Given the way we've changed the the kind of standing on the mark rule now, where the player with the ball can actually move and the other player can't, when is play on? What's well, supposed to be as soon as you move off the mark? It, yeah, by the old by the old standard of the rule, but the new the new interpretation of that kind of play on in general play is now slightly different. Yeah, well, the umpire kept call play on quicker, really. Yeah, yeah but, true. You are allowed a natural arc when coming in before they call play on. Yep. But when you're lining up from the angle he would have been lining up from, that's not the natural arc. He would have just had to try a very banana without stepping off at all. Yep. Which, you know, they, they practice doing that banana, but it's all about taking that one or two steps, then kicking it. Yeah, I, no. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't back him with bad money to kick one from the angle he would have been on. Yeah, so he's a left footer, isn't he, Cameron? Yep. And that would have been on his market. It would well, have been al- almost. Yeah, so he would have been his right foot. Would have been his left foot for the kick. He would have had yeah, to dislocate his hip to be able to kick the ball. I reckon through the goal with his left foot. Yeah, the left foot would have given him a bit more of a chance. Anyhow, as Brian said, he would have liked the opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Yeah, I don't, I don't like the umpiring up in Sydney. I reckon Essendon's has been on the raw end of it a few times. And, we, and actually, if Essendon only plays Sydney once a year, we always play them up there. Right. They hardly ever come down here. <laughs> there you go. They are well looked after by the AFL, I reckon. Right. Sydney. And, yeah. and just on those two decisions, yeah. well, there was that, you know, the non-mark, the non-holding the ball, yep. there were a couple of other moments as well, two other decisions. Well, not decisions. Tom Hawkins had two very good chances of kicking goals in the last five minutes, and he missed them both. Yep. So let's factor them into the errors made as well. Yep. Yep. I think you accept players making a mistake and determining the outcome of a game better than you do an umpire making a mistake and determining the outcome of a game. Yeah, yeah. we do. Should we, Should we yeah. not say that Tom Hawkins cost him that game? Um, well, I think you could probably pick out a whole lot of things that all of the players did that might have cost them the game. But in the defining moment of the game, the umpire's poor decision decided the outcome. And didn't didn't we just see the ultimate swings and roundabouts? Because didn't Geelong get one earlier in the year against Brisbane? Uh, so they had yeah, that's right. They yeah. had one, and now they've lost one. So now the account is uh, back to evens. Exactly. Well, it, makes the, it means the umpires have won as many games as Essendon. <laughs> <laughs> they won the, the Geelong Brisbane game. They won the Sydney Geelong game. They won the Essendon Sydney game. So they're actually beating Essendon. They've won three games off their own boot. They're a chance for the eight. Yeah, I'd be all Australian. Many <laughs> <laughs> years ago, by a commentator in one of the great sort of um, Freudian slips or faux pas of all times, when a similar right. thing happened in a close game, mm-hmm. come on, lay off the umpires. They're almost human. <laughs> <laughs> Who said that? I, I don't know whether it's apocryphal or not, but it actually. It actually goes back to a – it's not footy. It was a referee in, in soccer. Yeah. 
and it goes back many years, and then the, he goes, I, I meant to say only human. Yeah, that's that's very good. That's, that's a fabulous comment. Wish I would uh, wish I'd come up with that one. So the ladder, the ladder at the end of uh, round seven is finally on forty. Me on thirty nine. Brian, you're on thirty three. So you didn't catch up, but you didn't fall further behind. Right. Okay, this is my week to make a comeback. All right, we've got some good games too. Starts Friday night, Richmond and the Cats at the MCG. Who are you going for, Brian? Uh, Dusty will be back, so I'll go to the Tigers. Richmond, funny. Well, they couldn't have been more impressive, and they own Geelong. They love, you know, just like a cat with a mouth. This one, it's a tiger with a cat, so Richmond. Yeah, Richmond for me too. They were very good. That second half, they uh, they yeah. just squeezed the life out of the dogs. Uh, you know, I'm not I'm not overly upset about the loss, but by geez, I was very impressed with Richmond's second half. They were very good. Uh, now, yeah. your mob, Brian, take on the Giants, or you're going to Giants Stadium in Sydney? Ooh. Oh yes! Oh, we're interstate again. <laughs> this is our what our fourth. Interstate trip to this year. Yeah, well, a little-known fact is that Dan Andrews, in, in response to some of the unfair criticism that you labelled at him, has closed the borders to the Essendon Football Club. Yeah, well, we're hardly ever in Victoria anyway. Exactly, and that's... Doesn't matter. Yeah, that, he wants it to stay that way. So yeah, who, who are you tipping? Who, it was, oh, uh, Bombers. Yeah, thought you might. Finey? Yeah, they're a bit inconsistent. Yeah, they are. I'll go, I'll go to the and. The Giants for you and the Giants for me as well. I think they uh, they've turned the corner. I reckon they might be back in back in town. North Melbourne yeah. take on Collingwood. Oh God! Oh, oh God! Four thirty five at Marvel Stadium. Who do you pick here, uh, Brian? Look, <laughs> common sense tells you that Collingwood would probably get up. Yep. But I, but for the life of me, I really want to pick North Melbourne. They weren't that bad. Um, I'll bugger it. I'll go to the Kangaroos. It's big and I get their win this week. Right Plus Collingwood. I'm going with you. I'm going with the Kangaroos too. I think Collingwood are in trouble. Uh, Finey, you're the voice of reason oh, here. Temptation by name is tipping North Melbourne, but I'm going to tip Collingwood. Collingwood. Right. Right. Fair enough. That will be a – well, just based on the the white, little bits and pieces I've seen of both those two teams, that'll be a dreadful game of football. Um so, so they won't have sweet singing blockbuster. No, no, I wouldn't have thought so. No, wouldn't think uh, the the footy team will be. They'll be able to count the ratings. Uh, just you know, number off in the crowd if you wouldn't mind. Uh, Melbourne take on the Swans at the MCG Saturday night. So the Swans are out of Sydney. They're in Melbourne, Brian. Oh, fantastic! Well, they won't win out of Sydney. Melbourne will beat them. Melbourne will beat them. Okay. Fine. I don't like Melbourne, but. You can't yeah, argue they were, they're undefeated. They were iffy against North, but Ben Brown will be better for the run. I'll tip Melbourne. Okay. I'm going to go the Swans. I like uh, like bits and pieces of what I saw. I, I think some of – gee, some of their young blokes are good finding, aren't they? Yeah. I mean, they're, they're just sort of trailed off a bit, the young guys. So Will, they, will the Swans be bringing their – will the Swans be bringing their umpires down with them? Yeah, I hope so. That's why I've tipped him. <laughs> but the big story was Tom Hickey, who had a brilliant start to the year, had done his PCL. They said he was out for two months. He missed one week, and he came back, and he was just on ground again. He's yep. having quite the season. Yep. Yep. Harder against Matt Foremost. Um, interesting that the – what's that Blake's name? The I think he's number – 21 or something. The Every time he does something, they play Errol by um, by Aussie yeah. Crawl. Errol Goulden. Mm. Um, well, uh, you know that, that's the great story with him and Jared Whiteley. Yeah. Yeah. So, Jared, Gerald Gerard, or whatever his name is, <laughs> um, King Dick Whiteley. <laughs> he was, he was, he was fascinated that there was a player called Errol. And I finally got to interview Errol Goulden after the first game of the season. Uh-huh. And, all, you know, and he goes, and finally, Errol, I've got to ask you, your parents, they must be really big fans of the old movie genre. You're only the second ever Errol to play league football. There was Errol Hutchinson for Collingwood back in the 50s. And now, 70 years later, Errol Goulden 
your parents must really love the old black and white flick. And you know what Errol Goulding said? <laughs> no, what? He goes, no, actually, my family's Turkish and the name's Errol Goulding and we spelled it with an extra R because we live in Australia now, but it's a very common Turkish first name. So my name's Errol. <laughs> Well, I don't know. I'm a big fan of playing uh, pop songs that, uh, when someone kicks a goal and lights going off and all that stuff. I haven't experienced it live yet, but by geez, I don't know if I'm looking forward to it. Not my idea of mm. footy. Uh, okay, so we're all going. Uh, we've got that one. Uh, I'm going the Swansea going Melbourne. Port Adelaide take on the Adelaide Crows. The big showdown uh, in uh, Adelaide Saturday night, seven forty at Adelaide Oval. Whom are you picking, Mr. Mannix? Um, Port Adelaide. They were terrible last week. I, I heard they were terrible. I didn't see them, but they said they were dreadful. I didn't see them um, either, but gee whiz, the scoreline I tell you that they were uh, insipid. Who did they play? Brisbane. Yeah, Brisbane. Oh, yeah. I had him on mate, though. Who's your mate? Joe Joe Joe's Joe's uh, <laughs> What an asshole. <laughs> He played more games for Brisbane already than he played for Essendon. Yeah, Brian, you got to come on. Up. You've got you've got a Brisbane player, Ooh, Tom Cutler. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> who, 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 who are you picking in the showdown, Finey? Uh definitely Port Adelaide. Yep. You know, I mean, he's not a great player, Tom Cutler. In no. Fact, in fact, I've got not a great at all. In fact, I've got a mate in back for us, and then every time he sees him play, he says, I'll get you, Cutler. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get you, Cutler. <laughs> All right, let's go to Sunday. We've got uh, Hawthorne and the Eagles at the MCG on Sunday afternoon. Finey? Well, this is, of course, I always call this game the it, it's the question of the West Coast theme song. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think Hawthorne always lists because it's it's one of the great songs of all time, the West Coast thing, the West Coast song. Really? Yeah. yeah it, I reckon it was written by a four-year-old with a drinking problem. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it goes, where are the Eagles? The West Coast Eagles. Oh, really? <laughs> and we're here to show you why. What do you mean, show you why? And then, the, and then the big line that Hawthorne takes great extension to. We're here to show you why we're the big birds of the big game. I didn't the even know that. The big birds of the big game? I didn't even know that line was in there. Oh, yeah. It makes sense when the Eagles play the Hawks, I guess. I thought the big bird got his costume stolen. But anyway. Yes. Yeah, that's right. We're, we're, you know. We're the big birds. Go to the game saying, We need to know why we're the big birds of the big game. <laughs> this, this is a big bird game between the Hawks and the Eagles. And I guess I'm going to have to tip the Eagles because they're going to show us why. Yes. Well, of course, <laughs> makes, per- makes perfect sense. I'm going with the Eagles too. What about you, Brian? Are you convinced? Um, yeah, I'll go with the Eagles. Oh, no. I'm convinced they're the big birds in the big game in the big sky. Okay. Yeah, we're going to. And yeah, the king, why? They're the king dick of the sky. <laughs> <laughs> Needless to say, the club loves the song so much that whenever they win, they play Eagle Rock. Oh, yes. Well, that's a much better song. Uh, now, the Bulldogs take on Carlton at Marvel Stadium Sunday afternoon. I think the Bulldogs will bounce back there. I don't have any uh, any doubts about that. What about your good self, Mr Fine? Yeah, well, Carlton have equaled their longest Winning streak that I thought that they could exceed. Mm. Right. One. Yes. I'll tip the Bulldogs. Yes, very good. <laughs> Not that you're, you know, putting Carlton down there. But, uh, yes, Mr. Uh, Mr. Mannix, what's your thoughts on uh, the Bulldogs and the uh, Blues? I hope the Bulldogs absolutely smash Carlton. So I'm going for the dog. Oh, your mate, your mate, the Carlton supporter. Jeez, you give it to him, don't you, in that sort of that passive-aggressive way, don't you? Oh, absolutely. But cheap as creepers. How do you reckon I've been going since the game? Yeah, not good. 
He's been ringing me up and abusing me. I'm walking along the street and he comes burning past in his car going, oh. <laughs> Yeah, there's nothing, you know, there's nothing uglier. I've got four months to put up with Carlton supporters. They've been giving me shit for years and now I'm going to have to deal with it another four months. Ugh. Oh, well. Yep. Such is life, Brian. Such is life. Okay, uh, Fremantle take on the Brisbane Lions at Optus Stadium in Poyeth at uh, 4.40 on Sunday afternoon. Finally, interesting game, this. Yeah, great game. Very interesting. Um, I'm going to tip Brisbane. So am I. Uh, I'm not convinced about the Dockers. Brian, have you got to uh, – what have you got on this one? Uh, I suppose I'll go to Brisbane. I don't want to, but I will. Right. Yep. Okay. Now, have I missed a game? We've got Richmond and uh, the Cats. Then we've got the GWS, yeah. the Bombers. Where's Gold Coast oh, and St Kilda? There you go. I've missed Gold Coast and St Kilda. I skipped over them on Saturday afternoon at Metricon on the Gold Coast um, at 2.10. I, I knew I was a game short. Uh, Gold Coast and St Kilda, right? Oh, geez, Gold Coast to become the giant killers. What do you think, Brian? Oh, let's stick with the Gold Coast. Gold Coast, sons. Finally, I'm assuming that you're back on the St Kilda bandwagon. Yeah, but I'm tipping Gold Coast. I mean, they are just where you want the team to be. Everybody's having a crap. That young Corbett up forward's a good target with Ben King. And the sort of high-octane game is exactly what St Kilda were embarrassed by against Port Adelaide. So I expect a better showing, but no, I'm happy to tip Gold Coast in that one. Really? Hang on. Hang on, this is me making noises, scratching out St Kilda and putting in the Suns instead on the tipping sheet here. Jeez. Right. Well, I, I was going to tip St Kilda, but I'm not sure now. You two have, um, you've two have thrown a, thrown a uh, spanner in me works. Um, yeah. Uh, no, I'm going to, I'll stick with St Kilda. I'll, I'll go with St Kilda. I, I don't know why, but I, was, I, I thought they'd win that. I still okay. do. There you go. Now, just a couple of uh, in memoriams uh, that we uh, we do on the program before we get to our chart attack for this week. Frank Costa, one of the uh, the great men of football, one of the great men of Geelong, and uh, he'll be he'll be sadly and and sorely missed uh, by by the people of Geelong, by his uh, very very large family, and uh, I guess um, by the, uh, the certainly the Geelong Footy Club will be feeling uh, the loss of, uh, of Frank Costa. And great the, bloke, Frank. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. I've not. Right. I've not. I've not heard um, you know bad bad things about him from anybody. So, um, yep. um, and 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 to to a bloke who's been, uh, we've all worked with him at some stage. Sam Newman, I know there's photos of you, Brian, uh, on uh, on Sam's boat. On one of the stories I saw about uh, the sad passing of his wife Amanda on the weekend. That's very sad, and our thoughts are certainly with uh, with Sam at this uh, very tough time for him. Ah, oh, I couldn't believe it when I found out. I was out the footy, yep. and um, we found out because you know I've met a man. She's a lot. She was a lovely girl. Yeah. Um, you know, she was really, really nice, and you know, she was the last person I expected would, um, you know, move on at fifty years of age uh, to uh, you know to just uh, w- to walk in and find your wife on the floor uh, uh, having passed away. That's just that would be just bloody horrible. I just can't imagine how awful that would have been for him. So it's terrible. Yeah, no, he's, he's a good bloke and, and um, you know, our thoughts are with him. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. All right. I mean, that is just so, that's so sad. I just want to, because of the way things are reported nowadays, Yeah, where they don't want to say sometimes, you know, the reasons behind that, just to people who may be scratching their heads and um, she... Up as a, a, just a, a, a obviously a catastrophic cardiac arrest. Yep, and passed away. So, just, I, I think that is worth mentioning. Yeah, no, I agree with yeah. you. Uh, usually, uh, the stories will uh, will carry the the lifeline or one of those ones if they, if they think someone has actually taken their their life. But uh, that certainly wasn't the case here. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. All right, we move on to the chart attack now, boys, and I start with uh, Brian. Oh, can I just have? Can I just have one quick? You know, we talk about that the the, the way the world has become. Yes. Um, with political correctness. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So, uh, the latest thing under attack 
what is, the, it? is the Disney story of Leaping Beauty. Oh, you serious? Oh, because he out when she's asleep. Yeah, because they just opened up a ride at, at um, Disneyland, the Sleeping Beauty ride that ends with that, um, the true, it's called the, the, the Kiss of True Love. Right. Oh. But they're going to have to change it because it's non-consensual. Oh, see. Well, they already had changed it because originally the story was he came in and gave her one. He gave her a root. Brian. And, and it was the root of true love. Brian. And they said, no, we gotta, we'll got make it a kiss. And now they're, now they're getting out of that as well. Jesus. What's she going to do? Is shake her hand. <laughs> Oh, yeah. dearie me. Um, so, oh. you know, and I was sort of thinking, I mean, that's that's where we are in this world today. Yeah. So if you follow that to a tenth degree, yeah. people are saying, given that the story goes that she can only be awoken from her sleep by a, a kiss of true love, that people would rather a loved one or, a, you know, somebody remaining in a coma yep. rather than, than accepting a non-consensual kiss. So, you know, go unplug your loved ones now because they haven't given consent. Well, we'll, uh, we'll, ca- we'll carry a card around now, an organ donor's card, and the other one will be if, I, if I'm if i unconscious, if I'm in a coma and if it looks like I've carked it, someone please kiss me. I'm, I'm up for yeah, it. Yeah. yeah. We'll have a little card. by whatever means. Well, <laughs> Does that does that mean that um, you sort of you know quite seriously if somebody does have a, a a serious incident and maybe a heart attack or whatever you can't mouth to mouth the kid's wife yeah mouth to mouth well, oh yeah yes good that's point. a really good point that's a really good CPR. point yeah it's non consensual yeah. Oh. yeah well I've actually checked here you and do you know what the law now states no no that you can administer uh, mouth-to-mouth or the kiss of life, but no tongue. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to carry a card around saying, uh, resuscitate by whatever means necessary. This does not include you, Brian Mannix. Oh. I'm going okay. to I'm gonna have enough. that card. You're the only one who worries me. Everyone else I reckon will be okay. You're the only oh, one. I'll give, it, give you a little fondle. <laughs> there you go. Well, it's, it's, like, it's like the bloke that, you know, he's bushwalking. And um, and he hears screams of terror from deep within the bush. Yeah, and there's a guy lying down there convulsing, and and a woman next to him going, "Oh, for God's sake, help him! Help him! Help him!" He's been bitten by a tiger snake, and the the bushwalker goes, "I know what to do. I'll suck the poison out. Where's he been bitten?" And the woman goes, "Oh, and his penis!" And the guy goes, "Well." I guess everybody's got to die sometime. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness me. Oh, God. Really, the Sleeping Beauty thing, that just, oh, I'm sorry. This, the, world is start, the world has gone completely and utterly bonkers. Yeah. Now, according to Ken Francis, Brian, yeah. you, you have gone completely, utterly bonkers. What's happened to me? I have a massive, massive uh, rant is the only word I could do, and, and finally I'll understand that, uh, from uh, from Ken on Facebook about uh, what you said last week about Jim Steinman. <laughs> uh, and, uh, yes, everything in here, he just uh, – he can't believe that you didn't know Jim Steinman wrote Bonnie Tyler's Total Eclipse of the Heart. Who the hell doesn't well, know that, that, he says. Well, it's me. But yes. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Yep. Go on. Uh, the Bat Out of Hell was one is one of the biggest selling albums in Australian uh, recorded history ever. Sales of more that than means, fifty million copies worldwide. That means nothing to me. That's that, right. Uh, you know what you say to that, Brian? What's that? Numbers mean nothing. When I went to Singapore, I was told when it comes to restaurants, just go where all the locals are eating in big numbers. I ended up at Matters. <laughs> the, the one point he does make that I think is worth, uh, you know, sort of going through here and highlighting is, um, right. and he, he mentions you finally that you were uh, you didn't particularly like uh, Jim's songs because they were too theatrical. He said, "Now that's fair yep. enough. That's Mark's opinion." 
But, he says, then Brian joins in in agreement. Too theatrical, question mark, question mark, question mark. (laughs) From the man who not only has written theatrical productions but won rave reviews for puncing around on stage being theatrical. (laughs) Exclamation mark, exclamation mark, exclamation mark. One show featured the music of Queen. Gee, I'm glad they never did anything overproduced or too theatrical. <laughs> very well written, Ken. Very good points that you make he there. He does make some very good points there, Ken. Yes, does, yes. yes. I'll tell you what. What? I'm going to clear and save you my diary to go out for lunch with Ken. I like the cut of his juice. Ken's a good bloke. You'll like it even more when Ken said there was some high-grade crap in 1996, wasn't there, and actually asks, pleads with us, if we could not do another year past uh, 1996 because the uh, music after that was pretty much crap. And uh, that that list last week, that 1996 chart last week, was abysmal. <laughs> it was a shocker. It was a shocker. So... I delved back uh, into my uh, ARIA charts and I've gone to the 2nd of October 1988. What were you doing, Finey, in October 1988? Can you remember? Okay, that's a good year, 88. So, I was, you know, I was in my prime, my salad days, cock of the walk, as they say, king dick. (laughs) I was 23 years old. Mm -hmm. Did you say October? Yeah. I got. I just, to me, that would have been, I just would have been enjoying Rocktober for some reason. Yep. Oh, Rocktober. <laughs> it would yep. have been, you know, it would have been a heck of a time. Yep. Roll over Rocktober. Oh, yeah. Yes. I remember even I was, the Frank Three version, that was the best. I was at the um, Expo that? in Brisbane. Oh, yes. That was the year of the Expo. Oh, yeah. The Eagles yeah. were in town for that, weren't they? The West Coast Eagles. No, the big birds of the big game. Not the West Coast Eagles. The Eagle Eagles. You know the. Uh, they were played. They did show. They did show. Did you do shows on the big uh, expo stage? No, I just went up there to do a. I think it was an auction, and I had to you know, help sell the, the thing. I ended up buying John Denver's signed record because nobody bought it. So I felt I should buy it. You bought a John Denver signed record. Yeah, I've got it here. You want to buy a John Denver signed album? Did, was it signed pre or post? It was post signed yeah. before I got before I got there. He was at, he was there. I don't know, a month or two earlier. Oh, okay. And then we're auctioning it. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Right. I, 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 was, I was a big I was, I was a bit of a fan of his last hit. That was <laughs> <laughs> like playing into a tree. <laughs> the side of the ma- that mountain. The side of the mountain. <laughs> yes. yes. Oh, stop it. Um, uh, no, right. but, but, Brian was a well-known fan of all the expos. Yeah, I do. I was. In fact, I believe he still exposes himself now, and then even to this day, yeah. Yeah, I like expos. I want to know what the Frank Spring version of October was. Oh, he did a version of the roll over in October jingle. Um, well, the, oh, really? Yeah, we, you know, everyone, we, they, they got everyone to do it. Every rock act ever did it. And uh, so they got Frank to do one, and it was a roll over rock tuba. It was brilliant. I'll, when I'll, I, I'll find it. Yep. When I win Cat Lotto, I'm buying a primary school. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know his most famous quote? No. Well, people think, you know, because he was in Ben Hurd. Yes, you know the movie Ben Hurd? Yeah. Yeah. And they asked him, what was it like? What what was that movie like? And he said, loved Ben, hated her. But <laughs> 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 yes. yes. so that's actually not his most famous quote. Oh. His most famous quote's quite rude, isn't it, from memory? <laughs> Are you ready to press the edit button? I don't have an edit button, so it's just going to just gonna fly out there, finally gone. Bring me another boy. This one's first. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yes. And I had a newsreader who used to do that every every day when the Herald Suns were dropped off at the front desk of 3XY. The newsreader in the newsroom used to used to do his Frank Thring impersonation. Anyway. I heard, that, I heard that one day he was late getting for a commercial or something and I couldn't find him anywhere. Anyway, they went to his house. And here he was all tied to the bed with a bondage mask on and 
all this stuff. Oh, d- and they untied him and he said, oh, darling, what a night. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody in a pub told me that, so it must be true. Oh, well. I've, I've, heard, I've heard versions of that. Yeah. Yeah, it sort of comes up enough to you to think, oh, there might be something in that. Mm. Yeah. Righto, then. Great. <laughs> yeah, you've got to give it to him. Quite the personality. Oh, oh no. Yeah. One, of the, one of the great personalities, actually. And a uh, hell of an actor, too, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, I, I loved him in the Adams Family. Did he play the Adams Family? <laughs> So he did look like Fester, didn't he? Oh, Fing. Oh, Fester. No, no, no. I, I, I always thought, is it three more things? You know, oh, the oh, of course. Thing. Yes. Sorry. Yes. Very good. Very good. Greg, Greg. Oh, I see. I'm a bit slow. Hey, Brian, have you ever just – we'll probably hold the uh, the 1988 chart now back till next week. But I just want to ask you, oh. did you, did you see um, Twisted Sister got $1.5 million from Clive Palmer? Yeah. Because he stole so their, he stole their song and didn't um, he didn't actually didn't yeah how do you get away with that because if we, we if we try and, if we try and play a song on this podcast we get into trouble and I get I get letters from uh, from you know record companies and publishers and stuff how can you just knock someone's song off put it on an ad and then go oh I'm not paying you well the the, the message is that you can't do that yeah and um, does he reckon that the song is a rip off of Oh Come All You Faithful. Oh. So, and you know, Oh Come All You Faithful, we're not going to take it. You know, sort of in the ballpark. Yeah. Yeah. But he didn't win that. So, Christian Sister got these night has got his money and good for him. Yep. And uh, Dee won't be backward and coming forward of telling Clive all about it either. I wouldn't have thought he's not exactly a shy retiring type. No. No, he's not. Not by any stretch. Wonderful man. Wonderful man. How do you know him? Wonderful. I I don't. I just didn't know what to say, so I thought, okay, he's a wonderful man. I mean, Clive Clive Palmer is a wonderful man. He flies in the face of, well, he's a billionaire. He must be a genius. So... These were some of the things that Clive Palmer did. You know, he, he had the Gold Coast team in the A-League. He did too. Oh. Did too. We only was there for a couple of years because he decided to make general admission $50, and I quote, to keep Gold Coast riffraff out. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yep. He bought, what golf course did he buy? Mirage, you know, the one up oh. Yeah, I've been to it uh, with the dinosaurs. Yeah, and he put dinosaurs on a golf course. Is that Sanctuary yeah. Lakes the, or, what, or Sanctuary Cove? It's up at Coolum, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, the one up at Coolum. Oh, okay, that one, yeah. yep, yep. Yeah, because, you know, that is a, a really fits in with the ethos of golf, sort of natural hand, natural impediments. Yeah. yeah. The one thing about putting dinosaurs on a golf course, nobody who believes in the Bible can play there. <laughs> yeah. <is> yeah. And <laughs> but the best thing about Clive Palmer, the thing that I love most about him, you know, when he ran for prime minister or whatever he was doing, yeah, there were giant posters everywhere just with Clive Palmer's face on it, and just yeah. what his slogan was: "We're not going to take it." No, the very unoriginal Make Australia Great Again. Oh, that's right. Did too. Yeah. You know what, everybody, you know what, certainly around where I live, what somebody did to every one of those posters? <laughs> no. What? Because it was black writing on like a white background, they just needed white paint and they whited out the G and R from Grace. So all you had was this guy fat head of Clive Palmer saying, make Australia eat again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, very good. Very funny. He seconded uh, Barry Michael and uh, and Dougie Hawkins to try and run for Senate seats at one stage too, I think. Yeah. And Glenn didn't Lazarus. He have John Hopper, didn't he have John Hopawate with time to put your finger out? <laughs> <laughs> well, it was only a heartbeat away from that, I would have thought. Hey, boys, we've uh, come to the end of uh, Rock and Roll for another week. We'll hold that 1988 chart, and I've just had a look at two songs in it, and it's well worth holding till next week. We'll, we'll do that one next week. Um, All right. 
So uh, we'll get to that next week. But uh, have a have a lovely week. Thanks for sharing the Bucks party story, Finey. It was well worth it. Any time that I can, A, tell my Bucks party story, and B, say the word bubbler on a podcast, has <laughs> <laughs> been, been a good experience for me. And uh, just <laughs> load up your TAB account, uh, Brian, and get to your Sportsbet account and get some money on King Dick and the next. I will be... I'll be rooting for King Dick. Yes. yes, of course you will be. Have a lovely yeah. week, boys. We'll talk to you next week. All right. You've just experienced rock and roll. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Facebook.